Welcome to Witness, a ministry of Covenant Presbyterian Church in Jackson, Mississippi. Join us in person for worship each Sunday at 9.30 a.m. For more information about Covenant, including discipleship and mission opportunities, visit us at www.covenantpresjackson.org. Out of all the individuals, out of all the peoples, out of all the nations, out of all the world, God chose Abram. God called Abram. God spoke to Abram. Abram was lost, lost in idolatry, lost in sin, lost not knowing God. But out of grace, out of love, the Lord chose him. The Lord called him. The Lord spoke to him, and he told him to go to go to leave his country, his kindred, his father's house, to, to go to leave his sin, his idols, to leave his past behind, to go into the unknown, into the unfamiliar, to go to a land that God would show him. And if he did go, God promised to bless him, promised to make him into a great nation, promised to bless all the families of the earth through him. And how did Abram respond to this call? How did he respond to God's word? He went. Abram believed. He stepped out in faith. He stepped out in obedience. Because obedience follows faith. Abram's story is the story of every person of faith. Like, Abram, you're lost. You're lost in sin. You're lost not knowing God. But out of grace... Out of love, the Lord chooses you. The Lord calls you. The Lord speaks to you. And he does so through Jesus Christ. Jesus is the fulfillment of God's promise to Abram. The promise that declared in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Because the promise, this promise pointed to a future descendant of Abram. Jesus. He has brought blessing through his death. He has brought blessing through his resurrection, and not just to the family of Abram, but to all families. He chooses you. He calls you. He speaks to you. And here are his words to you. Follow me. Follow me. Follow me. Leave the familiar. Leave the comfortable. Leave your old life behind. Follow me into a new land, into the unknown. And if you do, God makes you promises. Through Jesus, he promises to bless you. Through Jesus, you are his child. Through Jesus, your sins are all forgiven. Through Jesus, you have life, eternal life, life after death life, resurrected life. Follow him. Like Abram, respond in faith. Like Abram, believe. Take that first step of obedience. Well, Abram was living in the southern part of the land of Canaan, the Negev. And so far he had been faithful, trusting in God's promises, walking in faith, walking with the Lord. And then the first great challenge to his faith comes. A famine, a severe famine. 
Now, this is not the first test of his faith. There's a sense that every step in faith, every step of obedience is tested. Will you, will you take it? Will you step? Will you follow? Or not? But the famine is the first great test. Or rather causes the first great test. In a famine, food becomes scarce, and Abram does what any of us would have done. He sets out to find food, and because it's close, he travels south to Egypt, a land of great resource, a land of great power and empire. Many years later, his grandson Jacob will take the very same journey for the very same reason. As Abram steps closer to Egypt, he begins to consider what may await him, the potential dangers, the potential hazards. And when he crosses into Egypt, he will be an alien. He will be a sojourner. He'll be a stranger in a strange land, a man with little resource and little influence. And that's not much different than his status in the land of Canaan. But what is different is that he will be at the mercy of a powerful empire. And as he considers this, he, he begins to get anxious. He sees storm clouds forming on the horizon. He, he can hear the thunder. He sees the lightning. He feels the wind. Fear clouds his mind and his heart. Fear for his life. And as they reach the border of Egypt, before they cross into that land, he speaks his fears to his wife, Sarai. He points out the storm that he sees forming. And he says this to her. In Egypt, they'll try to kill me. They'll try to kill me over you. They will see your loveliness. They will see your beauty and they will want you. And since I am your husband, they will take my life in order to have you. So let's do this. Let's, let's say you're my sister. That way, nobody will try to kill me over you. That way I can live. And that way, it'll buy us time for this famine to end. And then we can get out of Egypt. Now, we'll find out later in Genesis that what Abram proposed is partially true. Sarai was his half-sister. They had had the same father, but not the same mother. And she may have been adopted. But regardless, Abram is lying. He's concealing the whole truth, and he does so to avoid the storm that he thinks will open up over him and turn into a flood that will sweep him away, his life away. But he's only thinking about himself. He's only thinking about his well-being. What about his wife? What about the potential danger, the potential risk, the potential peril that the lie may place her in? Is he thinking about her? And what about the Lord? Where was Abram's faith? Had not God promised to bless him? Had not God promised to make him into a great nation? How could God do that if he were dead in Egypt? Well, as Abram looked into Egypt, he, he saw a storm. And Abram looked into the storm. And rather than trusting God, rather than stepping in faith, rather than walking in obedience, rather than trust God's plan, he trusted his own. They crossed over into Egypt. And almost immediately, Abram's fears were realized. The Egyptians saw that his wife was beautiful. The Egyptians saw that Sarai was beautiful. But since they presented themselves as brother and sister, nothing happened to him. The, the, the ruse was working. It was buying the time that he wanted. 
And then his plan blew up. The storm erupted. Some of the nobility took notice of Sarah. The princes of Pharaoh took notice of Sarah. And they told Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, about this beautiful sojourner. They told him about this beautiful sojourner who was single, who was in Egypt with her brother. And Pharaoh took Sarah into his house. He took Sarah to be his wife. He took her to be part of his harem. Now, this part of the story can raise a lot of questions, at least for me. Maybe you're like me. What, what, what was Sarah's reaction to this? What did she say to Abram? Did she protest? Did she go quietly? Did she trust God? Did she walk in faith, believing in God's promises here where Abram did not? We're not told. But because of the lie, and because they were at the mercy of the empire, Sarai entered Pharaoh's house. Abram's wife was now the wife of another. And Abram was caught in a storm. He was sinking in a flood caused by his unfaithfulness. But God was faithful. Faithful to Abram and Sarai, faithful to his promises God blessed Abram. Abram gained great wealth. He gained sheep and oxen and donkeys and camel and servants, all given by Pharaoh, all because of Sarai. And God afflicted the house of Pharaoh. He afflicted his house with plagues and with sickness and with disease, all because of Sarai. Well, somehow Pharaoh discovers the truth. Pharaoh discovers what he has done, the the wrong that he's committed out of ignorance. Pharaoh discovers why his house is afflicted. He discovers Abram's lie and it causes anger and fear. Anger and fear. In anger, he calls Abram into his presence. In anger, he rebukes Abram for his deception. And in fear, Pharaoh sends them away. Pharaoh could have killed him. Pharaoh could have executed him. Pharaoh could have ordered it right then and there, but out of fear, he did not. Because if his house was afflicted by plagues for taking Abram's wife, what might happen to him if he took Abram's life? So Pharaoh sends them out of his presence, out of his house, out of Egypt. He sends them to the border with an escort, probably armed. And he sends them with all of his possessions, including those that he gained in Egypt. Abram entered Egypt, escaping famine. He entered Egypt in fear. He had been stepping in faith, walking in faith, walking with the Lord, trusting in his promises until he saw storm clouds gathering, until he heard the thunder, until he felt the wind, until he let fear cloud his mind and his heart. Then Abram acted unfaithfully. He acted in disobedience, and he began to sink. Well, that's the story from our New Testament reading in Matthew as well. It's a story about Peter. The disciples, the 12, were in a boat. It was late. It had been a long day. It had been an eventful day. Jesus had just fed 5,000, and that was the number of men. Now, that didn't include the number of women and children. And he fed those, those thousands out of almost nothing, out of five loaves and two fish. And since it was late, 
While Jesus dismissed the crowds, he had sent his followers, the twelve, on a boat to the other side of the lake. And on that boat, the disciples were having a hard time of it. It was getting dark. The wind was against them. The waves were against them. They were tired. They were frustrated. And then they saw it. They saw a figure walking toward them on the water. And they react as many of us might in such a situation. They panic, they scream, they cry out in terror. They thought they were seeing a ghost. And then Jesus speaks to them. Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. Can you imagine the relief? Can you imagine the surprise? Can you imagine the amazement? It's Jesus out there. Well, then Peter, bold Peter, answers Jesus. Listen to his words again from verse 28. Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water. And Jesus says, come. Come. So Peter got out of the boat and Peter began walking on the water walking to Jesus, walking in faith, walking in obedience, step by step into the unknown, into the unfamiliar. But then Peter's faith had its first great test. Every step was a test. He was was walking on water, but he faced his first great test. He felt the wind. He felt the wind and fear began to cloud his mind. Fear began to cloud his heart. And then he took his eyes off Jesus. He looked toward the wind. He looked at the storm. He looked at his fears and he began to sink. He began to sink into the water, into the flood. The fear spread in his mind, in his heart, like a storm erupting. And he sank into the water, into the flood. Like Peter, Jesus Christ calls you. He calls you into the unknown. He calls you into the water. Come. He calls you to himself. And as you step in faith, as you step in obedience, keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep your gaze upon him. Look to him. Focus on him. Remember his promises. Because like like Abram, like Peter, your faith will be challenged. Your faith will be tested. You know this. You'll feel the wind. You'll you'll be tempted to look, to look into the wind, to look at the storm, to give into your fears, to forget who you are and whose you are, to forget the promises that God has given you in Jesus Christ, and you will find yourself sinking, sinking into the water, in the flood. But God is faithful. He was faithful to Abram in Egypt, faithful to Abram when he was sinking. He was faithful to Peter. Peter was sinking into the water, into the flood, and this is what he does. He cried out to Jesus, save me. Save me. And Jesus reached out his hand, and he grabbed him, and he pulled him up, and he pulled him to himself, and he speaks these words, oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt Why did you doubt? In your life, your life of faith, keep your eyes on Jesus. 
But when you find yourself in a storm, when you find yourself sinking, and you will, cry out to him. Cry out to your Savior. Cry out to Jesus. He is faithful. Faithful to his promises. Faithful to Abram. Faithful to Sarai. Faithful to Peter. And faithful to you. Thank you for tuning in to Witness, a ministry of Covenant Presbyterian Church in Jackson, Mississippi. 